Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, some Jews from Antioch and Iconium arrived and won over the crowds. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. But when the disciples gathered around him, he got up and entered the city. On the following day, he left with Barnabas for Derbe. After that, after they had proclaimed the good news to that city and made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, It is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed presbyters for them in each church, and with prayer and fasting commended them to the Lord, in whom they had put their faith. Then they traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Then they spent no little time with the disciples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom, making known to men your might and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages, and your dominion endures through all generations. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. May my mouth speak the praise of the Lord, and may all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away, and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father, and that I do just as the Father has commanded me.
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, Jesus tells us here in this passage something that we know and say in various different ways in our Christian faith. The Father sent the Son. The Son was obedient to the Father, obedient unto death, death on a cross. The Son rises and ascends back to the Father. The Son, Jesus said that everything He said, He received from the Father, speaking just what the Father says, so that when we hear the words of Jesus, we hear the words of the Father. And I do, He says here, just as the Father has commanded me. In other words, Jesus' will, and Jesus has two wills, his human will, because he has a human soul, and of course his divine will. His divine will is one with the Father. There's only one will in God, one power, one divinity. He's one in being with the Father, as we say in the Creed. But the Father sends the Son. He sends his equal but the Father sends him. The Son is obedient to the Father. Father, he prayed in the garden, if this cup can pass me by, let it pass. But thy will be done, not mine. Now there was no way that Jesus could disobey the will of the Father. God cannot disobey God. But he is showing us something. The order of salvation. The Son is obedient to the Father to accomplish our salvation. At the same time that he's obedient to him, at the same time he is sent from him, at the same time he speaks just as he is told by him, at the same time he does what he is commanded by him, he is equal to him. This is the great mystery of the Trinity. It's the mystery of how God accomplished our salvation, that the co-equal Son of God became, as the letter to the Hebrews tells us in chapter 2, for a little while, lower than the angels. He humbled himself. He emptied himself. Did he always remain equal to God? Of course. God cannot ever be not equal to God. But when Jesus says the Father is greater than I, he's saying the same thing that we say when we say the Father sent the Son. I will ask the Father, he said the night before he died, and he will give you another advocate. Well, the Spirit, the advocate, is sent by both the Father and the Son. But again, in this order of salvation, in this unfolding of the plan, in this sending of the Son to accomplish this mission, Jesus is subordinating himself in relationship. It's a relationship of equal persons. But he's saying, I will ask the Father, and he will send you the Spirit. He said also on the night before he died, Father, glorify your Son. You see, for all eternity, the Father is generating the Son. So again, they're equal in nature, but in the relationship between them, it is Father and Son. We hear Paul saying to the Corinthians, and this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all of them belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Now, Christ is God, 
But again, Paul is tracing this order of salvation. Christ, he goes on to say, is the, uh, uh, the head of every man. This is 1 Corinthians 11. The head of the woman is man. Now again, there too, woman and man are equal in dignity, but there's an order within the family. And the head of Christ is God. Co-equal, but a relationship is there between the persons. We see this also uh, in, uh, later on in 1 Corinthians, in, in verse, uh, chapter 15. All things are in subjection to him. It is evident that he is accepted who put all things in subjection to him. When all things are subject to him, the Son will be subjected to the one who subjected all things to him, so that God may be all in all. The Son bringing back to the Father all of us and to the victory over death itself. So don't be confused when Jesus says, The Father is greater than I. He's talking about all these things set up in the order of salvation. But his nature always is the one who is begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Peace I leave with you, he said. My peace I give you. The peace of the right relationships. Starting, of course, with the eternal relationships within God. The Father sends the Son, the Father generates the Son, the Father and the Son generate the Spirit. They're giving themselves to each other constantly. And there's our peace, that we have the right relationship with them, and that we are giving ourselves constantly, giving ourselves to God, giving ourselves to one another, giving ourselves to our children, giving ourselves to those whom we defend, starting with the unborn, giving ourselves away, serving other human beings, all of us equal in dignity, but serving, giving, selflessly. That's our peace. That's our life. That in Christ is our salvation. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.